Hello, and welcome to a show of their own, Sports and Live with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I am Laura. And we're going to start with some garbage NHL news because it's a lot and we have a, it it's, might as well be our rant of the show. Um, so, Laura. <laughs> yeah, just preface with our rant at the end of the show is our secondary rant because, and this also episode is also going to be marked explicit because of right now, this is some <laughs> bullshit and <laughs> we got to call out the NHL, and not the NHL. Specifically, the Arizona Coyotes, yeah. and for that matter, Nodak, North Dakota, because he also is on scholarship. Our our good friend, or not good friend, our official douchebag of the show, I guess <laughs> I don't know, Mitchell Miller. And I think it's important because there is a Mitchell Marner who is yeah. actually like a literal sweetheart and a really good player for the Maple Leafs, and it is not him; it is Mitchell Miller very important distinction uh was the fourth round draft pick of the arizona coyotes and in um i gotta pull up the exact um arizona central online today we saw an article came out about some of his past history and at age 14 he and another young man pled in juvenile court uh to abuse and bullying of another kid this was um the victim's name is isaiah myers crothers i believe is how you say his name he is a developmentally disabled um black child and um i have a i'm a little tempted to not say all that happened because there's one I think you know what Morgan what I'm talking about there's one element in particular that's just disgusting mm-hmm. and it's almost hard for me to say yeah but it's safe to say it, it's like full-on abuse and yeah for sure all I guess I, I can put it this way it resulted in the guy needing like hepatitis and HIV testing and yeah. it, it was just horrible and in addition to that there was of course no surprise, N-word, and all kinds of horrible things. And I think this is important. I think the family really hit on something. So as part of the plea agreement, both boys had to issue written apologies to this kid and his family. And they both did that. But the other boy, the one who wasn't drafted, he called up the family and he was just had, had a really tearful, personal, heartfelt apology. And clearly... It wasn't because that wasn't known until the family disclosed it. So clearly Mm -hmm. it wasn't for any kind of like PR or anything. The kid legitimately felt bad and like realized, and I'm not saying that it's not abuse and he shouldn't have been taken to juvenile court. But I think just from what, how I read what the family's comments were, if it was that kid who was in the draft, they would have less of an issue because they felt that he actually had grown from it. Right. And not saying, like, I mean, you can still say he shouldn't have been drafted, but I think that's at least a conversation. This kid, from all, like, evidence that we have in that article, is only sorry to the extent that he has to be, that he's forced to. Right. That's not not being apologetic. That's just, like, self-centered. Like, it's it's not even really an apology. It's like, when you have, like, a four-year-old hits another four-year-old and you say, say sorry, and they say it in the most sarcastic voice. Yeah. 
that's what yeah. this is the like way more serious version of that and and so the family was really upset and I think also kind of compounding the issue is that um the owner and then uh president of the coyotes are both Latino and one of them I believe the president is on the NHL's like racism special commission and so to go through with that like drafting this kid after that is yeah pretty stunning and it's just it's really tough for me um I wanted to read so elite prospects is like the place the source for all kinds of stats like they have stats from every random minor hockey league you could think of mm-hmm. and so one of their reporters did a whole does a lot of in-depth on different players and he had a tweet thread about this kid that I thought was interesting um I reported on this story for elite prospects ringside a little while back ultimately it was the reason we removed Mitchell Miller from our board even though we came to view him as a second round caliber talent some of the teams I spoke with going into the draft had some pretty not great things to say about Miller and the way he represented himself concerns that neither Miller nor his representation were willing to be forthright or engage in this topic were routine I made numerous efforts to talk with Miller's camp myself and let's just say I got absolutely nowhere I'll leave it at that The teams who did speak with Miller were not impressed. Many got the sense he felt no remorse for the incident in question. Not good. On on some struggle session-ish, one area I clearly failed in my reporting. I don't know what that's, I don't quite get the wording in that. Yeah. And where this article gets 100% right is they center the victim. They let him tell his story. And that's why it's so important. So massive props there. I'll do some learning myself here on that one. He was, he was, like sharing his own story on it mm-hmm. and basically that that last tweet was acknowledging his failures as a reporter which I give him credit for that but I think the really interesting part of that thread is talking about other teams and mm-hmm. other teams like this guy wasn't sorry at all and you're trying to impress teams to get drafted right so I just I I don't get this at all I don't i there's there are things you can grow from Mm -hmm. this I don't know that this is one of them but even if it is something that you can grow from even if I grant you that article or that argument you have to actually try to grow right and so it's like neither argument is relevant like to me because this kid's just an asshole and that like he's still an asshole he's and he has no qualms about anything that he did it seems like and mm-hmm. how can you claim to care about racism in the locker room if if you do any like if you exactly yeah like if he if you he, he's on an ahl team or an like it doesn't matter if he's on a professional team you are putting your other players at risk mm-hmm. and that's not cool and i there were I, I said this on Twitter already, but because I saw one of the first arguments people making about this whole thing was like, oh, well, he was just 14. And like, what did you do when you were 14? And blah, blah, blah. Why are we trying to cancel this kid and all that? I'm like, hey, first of all, let's start to understand the difference between cancer culture and trying to hold people accountable for what they do and say, because there's a difference. Yeah. And everyone just assumes the moment you call someone out, oh, you're just trying to cancel them. Well, it's not that. It's so much bigger than that. 
And I'm sorry, but at 14, I knew not to bully anyone, especially for their race or their developmental disabilities. And I know that's not just because I have an uncle who's on the autism spectrum and I have a family friend who's um, very much on the spectrum of can't really communicate. And I never once thought about bullying them. Um, I have a friend who taught second grade last year and she had a student that was also on the autism spectrum, but more, um, he had a couple like violent tendencies as far as like hitting and yelling and stuff. And he clearly needed to be in a special ed class, but they just hadn't worked that around that yet. And none of her kids bullied him for acting out or anything like that. So that excuse just, it, it's not, it's not a good one. I, there's this really interesting comment thread on Reddit I wanted to point out. There's this kid who, I'm going to give the whole context. He said, holy fuck, that's messed up. I understand that people grow and shit, but that's just unacceptable behavior no matter what mm -hmm. age. Quote, yes. he's 14 when he did it. I'm 15 right now and no one I know would even do something like that. That's not being immature. That's just being an asshole. And then someone commented like, wait until you're 25 and reflect on the shit you've done. And somebody commented, some, a different person commented, all right, I'm 25. I'm embarrassed of what I've said and done. I've still never targeted another human for their race. I've still never targeted another human for mental, physical development. Have I joined in bully? Yes. Bullying? Yes. Um, as a victim of bullying myself, all I want at 14 was to feel better than someone. And I regret it. I still kick myself over it. But I never did, never targeted people for things they couldn't control, like their race and development. And I most certainly didn't give someone the thing that I didn't want to say because it's really disgusting, but the, yeah. the like worst part of the abuse. Yeah. Fuck man. And, it, and that's I, like, there's many, many comments like that where everyone's yeah. like, listen, and that's where I think you could say cancel culture is like, okay, there were a couple of people who were like saying, uh, what's his name? Taylor Hall. Mm -hmm. He had a tweet about like he couldn't get his voting license and people asked saying how that reflected on him. It's like he's a dumb kid. That's all it says. Yeah. Like, like if people wanted to like say he shouldn't be drafted over that, we can call that cancel culture. That's fine. I'm willing to stipulate that. And there are some things that like, but you shouldn't just be an absolute like he he had to plead in a court. That's the thing. Like, and it's not even like it, this is a rumor that he did this. Like it, 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 it's there. And it happened over a number of years. Like it wasn't just one incident. It wasn't just something that happened in the span of a week. From what I understood, this bullying took place over a couple of years. Yeah. It's just, <sighs> <laughs> I'm just like need to calm down because I'm so like I I it boggles the mind it shouldn't boggle my mind but actually the the thing that I will say that that it's like it gets me that that one that this happened and two that everyone well not everyone the Arizona Coyotes ignored it was yeah. the specific thing of abuse yeah. because read the article when you read what it is it's just hard for I can't sorry I can't say it. it's so disgusting yeah. but when you read what it is and you're like how did anyone draft him after that it's, right I and don't like, get it and calling it bullying is just like too it's not strong enough it was abuse yeah it's 
I mean, it's, it was tra- clearly, you can tell by the fact that I can't even say it, it was yeah. traumatizing for me and it didn't happen to me. Right. Like, ugh. and, um, I, I thought this was good. This is someone who's, uh, one of Steve's Bangles friends, uh, Tic Tac Tomar. He's also, um, a person of color. Uh, he said, you know, what really hurts earlier this month, we were celebrating Byfield as being the highest drafted black player in hockey NHL history. Then this crap comes out. God. And I think that's a point of like, and this happens a lot, not just in hockey, but it happens other places. You take a step forward and then it's like five steps back. Yeah. So I don't know what, I mean, I guess. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say about this? No, go for it. Because Well, so I just wanted to go on the other side of things uh-huh. because I was proud of my team. And I did, will say, I think the Penguins, well, maybe not being like the very first, like I think the Hurricanes are probably one of the like most progressive ones. The Penguins are up there. And something really exciting today is that Trevor Daly, who played for the Penguins and was on their 2016 Cup run uh, and was really well-liked. Uh, was named the hockey operations department and he is uh, black as well and so I just I I, I'm glad at least like there's that to celebrate today Mm -hmm. at least something and I'm really proud of my team for that not just because like oh they hired a black man but I'm really excited that he's on the team because we lost Sergey Gonchar who played defense for the Penguins and kind of was a little bit of like a defense whisperer and Trevor Daly is a defenseman and, and played recently. And so I think that can be really good from a hockey perspective too. But then mm-hmm. also I think it can really help our team lead in that regard. And so I'm just, I'm really excited. And I was, I wanted to at least shout that out at some point. So anyways, um, <laughs> I'm, we will try, I, we'll tweet out the link to the article so you guys can read for yourself but definitely read it and I mean normally I'm like draw your own conclusions but I'm like if you think this this kid is anything other than like an absolute asshole then but I mean that's not an opinion right right because yeah he may have been 14 and it's years later but something like that isn't just something you just and I think it's especially I don't know the word but I, I think it's just more obvious that the other kid grew more because he not only did the court required apology but then like privately went and apologized to the family or called them and apologized whereas Miller just was like well they told me to apologize so I guess I got to and that was that and yeah, I just, I was thinking about this too. As someone I know, like really distantly, an acquaintance of, she had a juvenile issue, like through the court system. But I think there's like a very clear difference. So she, it was like some girl drama with her and another friend on like AIM or whatever back in the day. And she said some things that by the law were threats, like serious bodily harm or even death threats now obviously I don't think she actually meant them she was 14 and didn't realize what she was doing I think if if that was the case it's one thing because but then you also have to say and she will say like oh yeah I said that not really meaning it not really understanding the context of when you say this 
fear like and you're not with friends and clearly joking that's like it has very serious real world consequences and I Mm -hmm. learned that and all that I think that you can clearly grow from but it's it's the point that the kid made in reddit what 14 year old what like seven year old doesn't know that that stuff is wrong right right anyways I could go on about this for forever but (laughs) I will let Morgan cover the baseball stuff, which at least then we can (laughs) talk about a game. Yeah. Um, So before I get to like the thing that I really want to talk about, uh, we are through five games. The Dodgers lead the series 3-2. There hasn't been a back-to-back win. They've gone back and forth. So hopefully that means we get seven games because I'm all for – stretching this out as long as possible especially because I don't really care who wins um god sports is just so much more exciting when you legitimately do not care who wins because you can bask in the excitement and not have the heart attack moment yeah like I just I can just actually sit and enjoy the game and not be like like mad about anything or it like whatever it's just so nice and I realized how enjoyable that was in game four uh, when Tampa had a pretty epic walk-off. Uh, it was just fantastic. And I almost, they were down by one run and there were two outs. And I was about ready. I was going to change channels. Like, oh, Dodgers got this locked up. It's fine. Whatever. Let's go on to MLB Network and they'll wrap it up for me. But then something told me, now let's just stay. I mean, there's only one more out. Might as well see it happen. And I'm so glad that I stayed because I legitimately was cackling at my TV. So Tampa had a runner on and runner at bat whose name I was dumb enough and not look, didn't look up who it was. Um, I just remember he hadn't had a hit since September. Now, granted, you're like, well, it's only October. That's not that far. But think about the amount of games played since in between. That's a long time to go without a hit. So, which actually, now that I think about it, I don't even think that was a hit. It was two errors, I believe. Um, So still technically no hit, but whatever. I don't think he cares. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So he hits the ball out to, it wasn't quite center field. I think it was more like left center, whatever. Um, and I thought they said Mookie Betts' name, but he wouldn't have been on th- I don't know, because now it's kind of a blur to me, except for the exciting part in that, um, they, their center field, I think it was Taylor for the Dodgers that went to get the ball, and it was kind of one of those plays that I've seen a lot of outfielders do, where, like, you know where the ball is, so you don't exactly look at it, you're more focused on the runners, which in this instance makes no sense because there's two outs like all he had to do I almost compare it to like you know when there's like this huge opening on a football field Mm -hmm. and and the receiver like almost starts his run for the end zone before he's caught the ball and ends up dropping the ball yeah kind of like that yeah so his he he misses it but also he kind of knocks the ball away from him um which allows the runner to get to third and kind of start to round it well as he's rounding it he falls 
down because he's just running. I think he also kicked his helmet because his helmet fell off. So I think as he was rounding third, he he like his foot touched his helmet. So that kind of tripped him up too. Well, the throw to home was not the best throw. It wasn't an awful throw. It, there was some fault by the catcher um, who also – he doesn't have ball yet, but he's also thinking about his next move before. Say that too. It's like the same thing twice. Yeah. So he's thinking about what his next move is before he's even caught the ball. So he, you see him like go around to like swipe tag the guy. And then he realizes he doesn't have the ball in all that. The runner has tripped. So he's go, he's gotten up, he's running towards home but then he sees the swipe tag so he stops like he's gonna run around the tag which has worked in some cases then once he realizes oh the catcher doesn't know where the ball is he slides in home they win which I guess that means now two runs had to score not one so there were two runners on um I kind of feel like how the uh the guy who got the the I guess he would have gotten the RBI after he talked with MLB Network and he was like, honestly, I have no idea what happened. I was just so excited. Literally the MLB Network analyst had to explain to him what happened. And he goes, oh man, that's what happened. That's amazing. The <laughs> thing too, that's the, the thing about the catcher that's wild to me is that he was so anxious. He had time to like fully look the ball into his glove, do like a pirouette and yeah. like, and like just like the slowest turn you could ever imagine. And he would have still got the tag. And it was, it was just, he was going way too fast when he. And that's, that's the thing about both instances is both fielders had plenty of time to make a play. They had two outs. They had a one run lead. Yes. But that two outs, like you're like, kind of just take a breath, slow down. You can make the play. Um, Because let me see, I'm going to go see who the names were because I feel bad that I'm not even like giving credit to the amazing play um okay so brett phillips was the hitter and they did credit him a single which i'm surprised because i thought that was an error so brett phillips got the um the single kiermeyer scored and then oh i'm gonna mess up his last name randy arozarina rosarina that sounds good that sounds i think right. that's what it is um, they they both were the ones to score. Um, they gave the error to Will Smith, who's the catcher, uh, as a missed catch, which is weird. Okay, I'm reading this and now none of it makes sense because I'm looking at the box score. So they didn't give him an error on... Um, okay, that makes sense. So he got the hit as a single but the the error was the fielding error in which he kind of knocked Chris Taylor in the outfield kind of knocked the ball away from him so that's the error because in that uh Brett Phillips made it to second Mm -hmm. and then ideally they would have just tied the game had Will Smith caught the ball and we would have gone to extra so there were two errors but there there was also a single with an RBI but not two RBIs because the last run scored on an error Anyway, the also the greatest part about it was his celebration, literally just running to the outfield, arms open like an airplane. It like literally those are the moments where it's like these are literal adults playing a child's game and acting like children that just make it the 
best. Well, and funny you should say playing like a child's game because I think the best comparison to all that happened there is like Little League when someone hits and then all hell breaks loose and they start <laughs> yeah. throwing the ball everywhere and you have no idea what's exactly going on. What it That's kind of like. what happened. Um, and then I highly recommend, even if you've already seen the video a million times, you got to watch it with the Titanic music because that just makes it even better. Um, I'm trying to find a tweet that just like really hit me hard as a Ranger fan. Um, oh, um, if you're if you're a Ranger fan on Twitter, you probably already follow Holly, but her Twitter is Holly underscore Hall, and she tweeted something that was like, "Oh, that's way too accurate." She goes, "What a fucking Rangers way to lose! The stadium is activating," which. Also was why I was cackling at that play because I was like, now that's how the Rangers lose a game. So the fact that it's happening at their stadium just makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, and so also the other thing in that video that I keep noticing is when Brett Phillips runs into the outfield, someone tries to grab him and they fall, <laughs> which I was like, if I was a teammate, I would be the one that fell, that tripped. Um but also, like, again, I'm still, like, iffy on fans being at the stadium, but that was, like, the one moment where I was, like, oh, to be a fan at that stadium right now when that happened, that just glorious. Except for the fact that it's mostly Dodgers fans there, besides the point. Um, but it does, it brings back memories to me of things like that that you, like, I've been in person for, not necessarily in baseball, yeah. but just in sports in general. We're all looking around to each other, like, what just, like, can <laughs> yeah. someone explain to me what just happened? Sorry, it's playing on a loop on my screen still. And I really want to know who fell um, because he was also just so excited and you just see him kind of fall and slide. Um, but I, I think that's just a fun, like if that had happened during regular season, it would have been just as a much fun. But the fact that it was a World Series win, I think that just makes it that much more special for the players, obviously. But even as a fan, it's like, what a wild way to end a World Series game. Um, and then the next game, uh, Dodgers won. However, I almost thought Tampa was going to have another walk-off because I think they it was 4-2 Dodgers. And I want to say the Rays had one on in the ninth with two outs and honestly in my brain I was like oh they're gonna they're gonna tie and we're gonna go to extras because they're just gonna pick up on their magic from game five or four it didn't happen but you know it still could I also appreciated that in game five Tampa tried to steal home it didn't work (laughs) but I also am surprised they didn't challenge it because it was fairly close and there wasn't really an angle that I saw that you could definitively tell that the glove touched the arm before he touched home plate. Although I think if it was challenged, it would have just stuck. Stood. And, it wouldn't yeah, have been confirmed. No way to tell either way. But if I was the manager, I would have well, challenged it. And it's not like hockey. At hockey, you get a penalty if you challenge and yeah. it, it, there's nothing happened. But what's the big deal in baseball? And, and you there's just that don't whole get a you can challenge. Just, well, and you, but then it's like after seven, you can ask. Yeah. And they always do it anyways. Exactly. Um, and a lot of people said it was kind of like not 
a great steal of home, but I don't even care if it, if it works. I just, any attempt at stealing home is like my favorite thing ever because it doesn't happen that often. And I, I, like I said, I don't really care who wins, but having Tampa just walk off the night before in the fashion that they did, if they could have stolen home in the next game, I think that really would have rocked the Dodgers because of how gutsy. I think like we always talk about how the MLB is focusing way too much on like speed of play, pace of play, Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff because they think that's what they need to get the younger generation in. But having clips like the whole debacle walk-off thing on Twitter and then this, if it had worked, like stealing home would have been all over Twitter. That's how you get the younger crowd is like the excitement of it. Exactly. So, yeah. And we potentially have just one more game. I'm hoping for two more. Game sevens when your team isn't in them are so fun. Yeah. And I, I feel like there it's been a while where there's been a game seven that I could actually enjoy uh, because it kind of feels like either my teams are in a game seven or it's a team I just loathe is in a game seven. So I'm like, I could actually enjoy seven full games of baseball and it'd just be, it'd be great. Yeah, after the Astros route, I'm like, yeah, hey, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. So it, it is nice because you can enjoy the the fun and drama of it without being like heartbroken. By yeah, people. that's why that I think that's why the walk off like hit me so hard, and I just immediately busted out laughing because I was like, that's something that would happen to the Rangers, and I would want to die over it. But I can actually enjoy this happening. It's a weird feeling. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of weird to like enjoy baseball this much. That's, that's like a weird thing to say, but it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Like hockey too, once your team is out of the playoffs and you just like start watching and yeah. you don't have a vested interest. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can just enjoy this and not like be nervous. Yeah. It's like, oh, this sport is fun. Um. So with that, is there anything else, any other topics you wanted to cover? Not that I can think of, although this goes back to hockey and it was going to be my rant, but it hasn't actually happened yet. So it's a preemptive rant. Um, A warning. It's not a rant. It's a warning. (laughs) Don't do this. So the stars are announcing something on the 28th, which I think is Thursday. Yeah. No. Wednesday. Today's Monday as we're recording. So tomorrow when this comes out. Uh, And it's obviously going to be an alternate jersey because that's what they've teased. And I got really excited when I saw today's because it's clearly going to be a black alternate jersey, which I'm thrilled for. And I was really hoping they were going to use like their like logo and stuff that they used for the Winter Classic just because I love it. I'm not ready to let it go. Um, however, I had missed what they teased the day before, which was the Dallas skyline. So, and Sean Shapiro said people are either going to love it or hate it. So we're going to get a skyline Jersey and I'm going to hate it because I've seen stars caps that have the logo within the star and it's the ugliest thing ever. So I'm preemptively mad about this. 
Um, Because it could have been so good and I already hate it and I haven't even seen it. But if it's a Skyline jersey, I'm going to hate it. Third jerseys are so tough. And I will say that's a frustrating thing because Arizona legitimately has like one of the best third jerseys ever because they had for a while the Kachina jersey. And so they bring it back for their third Uh jersey. And it does with the colors. It looks so cool. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. why do you have to be such a trash bag organization? (laughs) Because that is so good. So, but yeah, third jerseys, you won't be the only one that has a third jersey that's like, "Eh, I don't know about that. I was just like so excited until someone was like did you see what they teased yesterday though it's the skyline I was like oh god I was you you had me so happy and then brought me back down you'll always have those like five minutes (laughs) of happiness yeah because someone even created a mock-up of it with the winter classic logo and it looks so good and I'm just like can y'all just change it real quick you have time (laughs) make it better (laughs) um so with that do you want to do rants and rave yes I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so uh, I, I think this was the rant I had planned because as I was telling Laura before we started recording, uh, we try to keep our rants and our raves secret from each other so we can have genuine reactions to each other. But there are some times where I'm like, I send her on Twitter in our conversation, I'm like, this is going to be my rant, just so she knows, but also so I remember. So we because, don't forget. <laughs> because I'm awful at just, you know, writing it down when I find it uh so yesterday I saw something and I was like oh I'm gonna send it to Laura so I remember and I was like no I want her to be surprised well then today I forgot what it was so we're going with this one and I don't know if it's what I chose originally um so and this is 1000% the most probably most random thing I've ever had as a rant um because it popped up on my timeline so this person, Grant Stern, I don't know who he is. He has blue check mark next to his name, if that means anything to anyone, um, tweeted a screen grab of, I don't know what the website is, but it's nhc.noaa.gov. I'm assuming it has something to do with weather because it's a, oh, it's the National Hurricane Center. Uh, there's a tropical storm in the Gulf Coast named tropical storm zeta and his tweet had that screen grab uh plus do people who live in who live on the texas louisiana border still think this isn't an increased number of hurricanes driven by climate change will the nhc underscore atlantic run out of names for storms after zeta i have two issues with this first one that i tweeted Zeta is not the last letter in the Greek alphabet. It's only the sixth letter. So there's still plenty more after it, which I was just proud that learning the Greek alphabet in middle school finally pulled through for me. Um, Number two, I have a real issue with him generalizing everybody in Texas and Louisiana as being climate change deniers, apparently. Um, And also as if they're not paying attention to hurricanes, like Louisiana and Texas both have not been hit by major hurricanes in the last 20 years. Okay, and give me the patience for this. Because <laughs> that, that hurricane naming system, it's not the first time they've come to Z. Not even close. And so, like, it's, it, it's like, um, I, I saw this comparison sometime because 
there are like people make a lot of good points and then some somebody hijacks the argument and yeah. makes a terrible point and it hurts the cause because yes. I, I saw this comparison for I forgot what other ridiculous thing that happened and it's like they, they, the person compared it to it's like when the argument against gay marriage was well what's next are we going to marry like two dogs and we just went and married two dogs and it's kind of like that it's like okay a lot of problems with what people talk about with climate change and not being proactive enough and all of that but we can't expect every single weather related thing to have a climate change disclaimer in it that's actually crazy yeah and like so clearly after you know you go through the whole normal alphabet I don't even know what is the name of our alphabet the English alphabet I don't know I sound really dumb right now but anyway I just know once you go a through z then they move on to the Greek alphabet the fact that he couldn't bother googling to make sure that zeta was or was not the last letter of the Greek alphabet also I would think you know just thinking logically if the hurricane centers know that everything goes from the alphabet we all know to the greek alphabet once they run out of letters i would come to the conclusion that maybe that's happened before whereas he's acting like god we've never had this many before which i totally understand climate change does have an increased number of hurricanes attached to it but you know maybe let's not say everyone who is in texas and louisiana must not know about all these hurricanes and climate change and they're just a bunch of idiots which sure some of them are but i would like to think that most of them are very well aware of hurricanes also i thought it was hilarious coming from a florida man and the, yeah so the thing like it's it's hurt like the naming system is for hurricanes like everywhere yeah so i mean 26 hurricanes in a season not a small number but also not like we had 5,000 hurricanes so it's like I get it then and it's like that climate change is very much the central story but it's, it's not that like and and there's a way to have that conversation without being like how dare you not talk about it in literally every coverage of the hurricane ever like, and also they name a lot that don't ever make landfall and fall apart and also it's not like all 20 something of those happened in the gulf coast and just hit texas and louisiana and we've just been like i wonder why this is happening like i don't know i'm obviously like super mad over a dumb tweet but that's the rant i went with this week and it it just is the thing of like when you reduce the the like argument for climate change and being active on it to something so simple yeah. you make the rebuttal so simple yeah and it's Even like a- that does it so, such a disservice yeah I saw like the first reply to that tweet was um a congressman from Louisiana and he was just like we're aware of the hurricanes <laughs> I was like thank you <laughs> that's all I wanted <laughs> Whew. okay my rant Speaking of weather, (laughs) so we went from like maybe a little bit of like fall-ish weather to on Sunday, it snowed. I'm jealous. Like it accumulated. (laughs) I am not. Here's the thing. I haven't even gotten to like fall jacket weather. Uh And so I just stubbornly am like, I'm not wearing a winter coat. So I don't really go outside. And I would like (laughs) to go outside and not be miserable. And... 
so yeah I'm just not not super thrilled with it like I could I could have done without snow for a little bit or at least if it wanted to snow that's fine just not accumulating snow yeah because it's still out there right now see I'm jealous of that because you know Texas we barely get snow and if we do it barely covers the ground uh but it is weird because here the temperatures drop pretty fast too like I swear to god we went from 90 to 36 in a matter of days and I'm like I love the cold but even that was too too quick of a change and so here's the thing with like this I I find this with like the the snow issue with people who aren't from places that Mm -hmm. snow because where I went to school we had we have fun fact we have the largest number of Hawaiian students um in states that aren't California or Hawaii interesting so and it has to do with the fact I'm proud of this being part Japanese myself that after World War II there was a lot of anti not only Japanese but just generally Uh anti-Asian segments because people can't tell their Asians apart apparently right and so Creighton being a Jesuit institution they like felt it was their calling to provide people who otherwise couldn't get an education in education and we've kept it up since then we can recruit a lot in Hawaii for that reason that's so, cool but all of that to say a lot none of them have seen snow before <laughs> and so the first snow like they'll go running around they have an annual thing where they like run around in shorts the first snow and stuff like that and then by like the second one they're still pretty cool with it and then you get to like the third and the fourth and then they just hate it and it's yeah. like that everyone, everyone I've ever known who hasn't really seen snow, that's how they like experience snow. The first ones I think is so cool because they've never had it before. And then eventually they're just like, okay, I see what you hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now that I'm thinking about that, like the only like major snow I can think of that's happened somewhat recently was when I was a sophomore in high school, which was... 10 years ago something like that and we essentially missed a whole week of school because of snow and that never happens and it kind of felt the same way where it was like oh snow and then the next day it was like okay still snow but we don't gotta go to school so it's fine and then it was like okay we're not at school but I'm over the snow um and it kind of screwed us though because in Texas we only get two bad weather days And if you go beyond that, then you have to add on school days. But instead of adding on three more school days, and it might have been an extra because I think we did have another ice day previously. So we were only down to one. They added 15 minutes onto the the school day for the rest of the year, which was annoying. But it was kind of like, well, that makes up for all those days. It's fine. But then they kept it forever. And that (laughs) was mean. Um, So... I do have to say one of the like lasting horrible impacts of this pandemic might be the death of the snow day. And I'm really sad about that because there is like, especially in the mid, I don't know how you like it is elsewhere, but in the Midwest, it's like a big thing of like, you wear your pajamas inside out and you all are watching the news and you're just like, and and I I think now it's like, you're watching Twitter because your school usually tweet out and you're just, it's such a thing. Even, even as technology has changed, they're not watching the news, they're watching Twitter. It's still like such a, uh, an event. Yeah. 
And because they have so much experience with remote learning, it's like, oh, well, we don't have to lose those days. We'll just do them remote. And I'm like, Ugh. but it's an experience. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. It's such a thing. And I just, so RIP potentially to the snow day. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That does suck. Um, yeah. But that also, when you said, mentioned Twitter instead of the news, it reminded me of like, I think I saw it was either a tweet or on Facebook. I don't remember. But um, it was like... <laughs> um kids these days won't have the uh the experience of watching the ticker at the bottom to see if your school district is closed only to find out you're the only district that has school that day (laughs) I was like oh that's very Texas the anticipation also (laughs) that is a thing so like I don't know how much snow you got but like for ours like in, in the midwest because we have so many plows and stuff it's when it happens because if it like is consistently going overnight and there's not enough time for the plows to get out, it'll cancel. But if it's over by like midnight and it's uh-huh. not a lot of snow, we're probably going to have to go to school. If it's only like a few inches, we're probably going to have to go to school. In the South, it's awesome because you get like an inch and it shuts the whole city down. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have to get snow. We just have to get a tiny bit of ice before the sand trucks or the salt trucks come out. And it's like, oh, we're not going to school. <laughs> Yeah, and ours, it's like there has to be a blizzard and the, the it has to be at the right time such that trucks couldn't have gotten out and all of that. So, yes, but I will say I am lucky. I live in a townhome and snow removal comes with. So no shoveling for me. And oh, I, that's nice. I, with that long rant aside, <laughs> weather talk, do you have a rave? I do have a rave. So my rave is a personal rave. So... Uh, my birthday was last Friday and because of the pandemic it was my first birthday where my grandma could not come to my house and celebrate with me usually my grandma and my uncle come over and we eat I open presents we have cake we usually play some games sometimes so this was a very weird which I think most everyone that's going to or has had a birthday during the pandemic and it's weird um but I talked to her like Friday morning and it was nice. Um, but then my mom and I decided on Saturday we were going to take her a piece of my cake. And I had made her like a fall wreath like a month ago. And I was like, she needs to have it before fall is over and she can't even hang it. So on Saturday, we went over to her house. We all wore masks. We socially distanced and had like a three hour conversation. And it was just like the best. It was like, food for the soul like if you can have a socially distanced conversation with someone you haven't seen in forever highly recommend because it it like honestly just instantly turned all of our moods around and it was kind of like okay we can make it through more months of this if we have to so on that note my rave is that it was your birthday and I thought (laughs) I would give just like a little Morgan appreciation so yeah so for those who don't know like we had talked about doing this podcast for a bit and Morgan was the one who really like encouraged me to do it and I'm really happy because it's such a fun time for the both of us and I feel like we were already such great friends before but it's so fun to get to see you every week and you're just such a, a source of encouragement and empowerment and light in my life and I'm so so happy that we are friends like and we've told the story a few times but by complete random happenstance but it's so 
was so great for me. And I love doing this with you and happy, happy birthday. Oh my God, I'm blushing. That's, That's why I wanted so to go last. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow, she didn't even ask who wants to go first. With I, the I race, race. I'm like, I'm not asking. <laughs> I'm going last. Um, oh, Laura, that's so sweet. And it's been a year since we went to our first hockey game together. That feels like five years ago, but it's only been a year. And hopefully again, someday soon, <laughs> maybe we'll be able to go to hockey games and do stuff. But for, until then, we'll have the podcast as yes. our form of connection. And we will see you all next week when we will have a World Series champion. Yeah. And season content. Hopefully, the NHL doesn't do anything dumb in the interim. Oh, God, please. Fair <laughs> circle for that. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.